the finding of a single umbilical artery can be a source of concern for both patients and providers. The normal umbilical cord contains two arteries and one vein. Single uterine artery is the result of atrophy or agenesis of one of the arteries. A single umbilical artery can usually be detected on cross-section of the umbilical cord during an otherwise routine grayscale second trimester ultrasound, usually after 18 gestational weeks. But a single umbilical artery can also be detected using color flow Doppler to examine the umbilical arteries in the pelvis earlier at a gestational age of around 14 to 15 weeks. The incidence of a single umbilical artery ranges from 0.25%, but it can occur up to 1% of all singleton pregnancies and up to 5% of twin gestations. In this session, we're going to review the pathophysiology and potential morbidity of a single umbilical artery. Three possible mechanisms have been proposed to explain the development of a single umbilical artery. The first is secondary atresia or atrophy of a previously normal umbilical artery. The second mechanism is primary agenesis of one of the umbilical arteries. And the third is the persistence of the single original allantotic artery of the body stock. There are actually four different types of single umbilical artery scenarios. Type 1 is the most common form of single umbilical artery, comprising 98% of all cases. The umbilical cord here contains two patent vessels, an artery of allantotic origin and a vein derived from the left umbilical vein. This type of SUA has been associated with genitourinary abnormalities. Type 2 accounts for about 1.5% of all cases. The umbilical cord contains two patent vessels, but an umbilical artery is now of vitiline origin, arising from the superior mesenteric artery and a vein which arises from the left umbilical vein. Severe fetal abnormalities like caudal regression syndrome and serenomelia have been associated with this type 2 single umbilical artery. Type 3 is rare. The umbilical cord contains three patent vessels, one artery of allantotic origin, and two veins. The veins arise from the left umbilical vein and a persistent anomalous right umbilical vein. This form of single umbilical artery has been associated with major congenital abnormalities, resulting in very poor fetal prognosis. Type 4 is even more rare. It consists of one artery of either vitiline or allantotic origin and a vein derived from the right umbilical vein. The risk of embryonic loss may be increased in this type 4 single umbilical artery scenario. An isolated single umbilical artery with no other structural or chromosomal abnormalities should be distinguished from a single umbilical artery that is present with other abnormalities. The rate of associated fetal structural abnormalities when a single umbilical artery is detected has been reported to range from 13 to 56%. The most common associated anomalies have been noted to occur in the renal, cardiovascular, gastrointestinal, and the central nervous system.
Genetic syndromes that may feature a single umbilical artery include the Vader complex, as well as the Meckel-Gruber syndrome and Zellweger phenomenon. Teratogenic exposures such as maternal hyperglycemia and phenytoin use have also been associated with a single umbilical artery. Just as a point of recall, remember that the Vader complex are a group of congenital anomalies consisting of vertebral defects, an imperforate anus, tracheoesophageal fistula, and radial and renal dysplasia. When other abnormalities are present, there's an increased likelihood of chromosomal abnormalities as well as other syndromes. Again, if the single umbilical artery is isolated, that's a separate issue, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But when other abnormalities are present, there is an increased likelihood of chromosomal or genetic syndromes. Aneuploidy occurs in about 9% of fetuses with a single umbilical artery when it is associated with other anomalies. Trisomy 21 and 18 have been reported in prenatal care series of a single umbilical artery, but Turner syndrome, triploidy, and chromosomal deletions and rearrangements have also been reported in babies with a single umbilical artery. All right, our next patient management issue has to do with the following. If there are no other evident fetal abnormalities, how should the patient with a single umbilical artery be further evaluated? And is additional testing indicated if additional fetal abnormalities are found? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once the diagnosis of a single umbilical artery has been made, a complete evaluation should be performed. The patient's personal and family history should be reviewed, including any previous pregnancy complications, medication or potential teratogen exposure, other children with congenital anomalies, and any genetic disorder in the maternal and paternal family line. Any aneuploidy screening, such as first trimester screen, a quadruple screen that the patient has undergone during the pregnancy should be reviewed. If the patient has not undergone screening and the timing is appropriate, then it should, of course, be offered. A targeted ultrasound anatomical survey should then be performed to identify any other abnormalities that may be present. Special attention should be paid to the cardiac, genital urinary, GI, and the central nervous system. Four chambers and the outflow cardiac views should be obtained in all cases of a single umbilical artery. If the ultrasound reveals only the single umbilical artery with no other abnormalities, the fetus is said to have an isolated single umbilical artery finding. The extent of further testing when there is an apparent isolated single umbilical artery is controversial, but we'll also cover that in just a minute. If there is clinical confidence that the single umbilical artery is in fact isolated, it appears that routine fetal echo is of little added benefit. Similarly, because the incidence of chromosomal abnormalities is not 
increased in fetuses with an isolated single umbilical artery. Invasive genetic testing is not routinely indicated, and that is the opinion of the SMFM. Nonetheless, physical exam of the neonate may detect some anomaly not detected in the prenatal eval. For example, up to 7% of fetuses diagnosed with a suspected isolated single umbilical artery in one case series had abnormalities detected postnatally, so it's crucial to identify these babies prenatally in order to notify the pediatric team or the NICU staff. In cases when the single umbilical artery is not isolated, in other words, there's associated other anomalies, further prenatal diagnosis should be considered. Fetal echocardiogram is indicated if the single umbilical artery is not isolated or if there's any abnormality suspected on initial cardiac imaging. Fetal karyotype assessment should be offered to patients with non-isolated single umbilical artery, as well as with those with abnormal genetic testing and those fetuses found to have intrauterine growth restriction. All right, when we come back, let's tackle this next clinical scenario. If the initial evaluation after identification of the single umbilical artery is indeed reassuring, then how should the patient's pregnancy be managed? Let's get into that next. Perinatal management of an isolated single umbilical artery is still debated. An isolated single umbilical artery has been suggested to increase the risk of perinatal morbidity like intrauterine growth restriction and possibly perinatal mortality. Despite all of these associations, the findings of a single umbilical artery is nonspecific and is most commonly seen in a normal fetus. Although most fetuses with a single umbilical artery have an uncomplicated antepartum course, some studies have reported an increased risk of IUGR with an isolated single umbilical artery. However, this association remains controversial. Although some recent studies suggest that an isolated single umbilical artery does not actually place the fetus at increased risk for IUGR, other studies have shown the increased risk. For example, Wigand et al. reviewed serial growth ultrasounds on 138 fetuses with a single umbilical artery and reported four fetuses, that's close to 3%, with intrauterine growth restriction. Now, this was within the expected range of an unselected population, drawing into criticism this finding. Bomreds et al. reviewed 255 fetuses with a single umbilical artery and 289 fetuses without and noted similar rates of small for gestational age infants between the groups. Both studies concluded that fetuses with a single umbilical artery were not at increased risk for IUGR. But of course, in medicine, things are never that clear. Other authors have published their findings comparing fetuses with a single umbilical artery and those without, and other adverse outcomes have in fact been reported, including an increased risk of IUGR, polyhydramnios, oligohydramnios, placental abruption, cord prolapse, and even increased risk of perinatal mortality, and this was even after controlling for other confounders. 
All right, so let's make sense of this conflicting data. Given the inconsistency of the data, it seems reasonable, according to the SMFM, that a single scan at about 32 weeks for assessment of fetal growth should be considered for fetuses with an isolated single umbilical artery. Regarding antepartum fetal monitoring, with isolated single umbilical artery and normal fetal growth, routine fetal testing, like non-stress test or biophysical profile, is generally not recommended. However, it is reasonable to offer non-stress testing in the setting of a single umbilical artery to relieve maternal stress or anxiety. But if fetal growth restriction is identified, then standard fetal antepartum surveillance for pregnancies complicated by that condition should be performed. A single umbilical artery does not affect the timing or route of planned delivery. All right, now as we wrap up our podcast, a quick word about single umbilical artery possible recurrence. In the only study addressing the recurrence of single umbilical artery in following pregnancies, isolated single umbilical artery in the first pregnancy doubled the odds of having single umbilical artery in the second while single umbilical artery with associated malformations in the first quadrupled the odds of single umbilical artery in the second. Thanks for being part of our podcast family. We have covered the single umbilical artery. The data for this podcast comes from the ACOG and the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine. We'll see you next time on another episode of Clinical Pearls.